This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. Why is it sometimes that things that we both like, you end up hating and I end up loving? We just, that there are certain things that hit me in a different way. And, you know, we have different tastes. And that doesn't mean that you're a bad person or I I, I hate you. It's just that, you know, you're wrong. That's why. And so. Are we going to do the show or not? Yeah, fuck you. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I think in yeah, it's like I didn't. Cool. Yeah, I I didn't watch it either, Todd. I'm sorry. It's like, <laughs> but I, I did nobody do their homework. Did oh, nobody I, do this <laughs> I watched it. What's up, truth seekers, and welcome back to the FBI Basement, the podcast where we watch and review every single episode of the hit '90s television series, The X Files, like a moth. Repeatedly smacking against a lamp. Lamp. <laughs> lamp. <laughs> Brother. Brother. Brother, you got some more lamps? We are uh, ending season two today with uh, Anasazi in an episode where Mulder goes crazy and they find a bunch of bodies in the desert. Did Mulder put the bodies in the desert? Did we find out no. in this episode that Mulder's really like the Zodiac Killer? Because that, I think, would have been a great twist. You know what? That's big, if true. What? If true, that's huge. Huge or huge? Okay. <laughs> huge. What the why? <laughs> I'm Todd. I'm coming. I'm going to be um, uh, trying to wrangle this room full of cats. Uh, no. My favorite. <laughs> Joining me today no. is Shannon, <laughs> who is also a cat who is a, who is a writer my wife and also a cat I, i'm the ginger tabby that you uh, get mad at our producer and the lord mayor of the medicinal mass podcast network and possibly a cat valentine meow hello and uh artist and oddite delight and prof- and sometimes professional frightener marissa Leterio, who may have certain qualities that one might describe as cat-like. Okay, so... May the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. So, I would like to just point out that I may have gotten the worst message I've ever gotten from Microsoft as I was going through this. Which was literally Microsoft saying, hey, we're working on getting your file. Like, that's... That kind of... No. It looks like you're trying to hack into the United States Department of Justice. Would you like some help with that? Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. It's like Clippy is trying to help you <laughs> uncover the truth. <laughs> this is Anasazi, which is the 25th episode of the season two. The last episode, we're wrapping it up to that tonight, folks. But it's also whoop, whoop. the first of a dynamite three-part story arc that we're going to try to knock out, uh, knock out for you guys. You're going to... Well, we're going to record all in one night. You're going to hear it. Um, uh, and I third wall. Third, oh, fourth wall. Third wall. <laughs> fourth wall. No, we got fourth the third wall. wall. It's all audio. Oh, okay. But what's audio. the fifth wall? Well, that's the so one. They reach through the TV screen and they actually molest you. Yeah, that's that's Ooh. the one. That's the one. Yeah, I know. We're we're Must working on that one. I think people who donate a lot to us should get to use the fifth wall. <laughs> I'm traveling through the fifth dimension. Now, this originally aired on May 19th, 1995, so right about the beginning of summer. Wait, when was it? May 19th, 1995. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I had a birthday party that night. 
Oh. Yeah, that was part of my birthday party. <laughs> but your birthday party was. Yeah, no, no, we know, but I couldn't. I had to wait. So, or I may have, I think we just may have been idiots that night. Anyway, go on. TLDR, what I'm saying is I had a party for this when I watched it. Well, it was a pretty big deal. And once again, a part of a three part, uh, uh, part of a three part um, uh, story arc here, heavily myth arc here, and therefore promoted hugely on television oh it was massive this was like uh like put the kids to bed to early tonight fo- folks i think this was even on earlier than it normally was it might I, have like you know i think it was on actually at eight o'clock on friday might have had a special showtime you know i think it did i think it was on at eight o'clock on friday because it was that big you know but the and and this was huge it was followed up by the first two episodes of season three which are uh the blessing way and paperclip and we'll get to those in due time, but we're going to start off very soon. But first I'd like to let you guys know that the FBI basement comes to you every episode free at the point of access. And uh, we love doing it. We have fun doing it and we'd like to keep doing it for you. And we'd like to do more. And if you want to help us do that, you can go to our Patreon page. Just look for our Patreon page at medicinalmass.com. Uh, slash FBI basement or patreon.com slash FBI basement. Or if you are listening to this on Apple, I'm sure that it will be put in the show notes. Yep. The little button you can click. I don't know show about notes, Android. Man, I don't know it. if they've got the, if you can just swipe, but check yeah. our show notes, but check it out because you can go there and you can donate. You can become a basement dweller. And uh, as little with a little as a $1 donation gets you access to our discord channel and the uh, network of, of spies and informants that we're using to uncover the truth every week. And, and then there will probably be other things like bonus episodes. We're going to do a season two recap soon. As soon as I make it out to the liquor store. Woo. Woo. I don't know. We do have that Korean like liquor. Well, no, I'm saving that for published day. Never mind. And, and there's also you find bonus episodes and and stuff that didn't quite fit on you know an episode some sort of supercut of you know all the horribly biological N- noises mostly NSFW stuff yeah um yeah that's uh, where the dirty stuff is that's where like the 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 <laughs> that's where the penetration happens it's like you know you get it <laughs> <laughs> This would be like the back room. Did you do that thing already? (laughs) That odd job? (laughs) You know it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, And I don't know. Um, I don't. I I could always crank out some weird stuff. I don't know. They they could always buy my my queer, crippled, and creative T-shirt on T Public. Anyway. Oh, tell you what. Um, uh, if you if you don't if you donate at the. $200 $200 or more a month level. We'll give you a human skull. Shannon will find her old fanfic and send it to you. I will. I, I actually, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I do actually know where my old fanfic is. Not like the raunchy stuff. I don't know where the, the slash fic went. Yeah. hundred dollars, hundred dollars <laughs> per month. will give you the, uh, the, the text form of that. I do 200. We'll make an audio version of it. Re-enact 300, it. 300. I will write you naughty fanfic. X Files fanfic. We will do it. She'll I do will it. do it. I have got like we four projects. We will. We will make it. We'll make a whole radio play. That's a good side project. <laughs> I, I have like four projects. I have like notebooks stacked up beside me, 
but I will literally put all of that to the site except one, and I will write you some dirty X Files fanfic. So in summation, check out the check out the Patreon. We're gonna promise you all sorts of crazy stuff until you guys donate, and, and, uh, and then we'll deliver. We will deliver. We will deliver. I will deliver. I actually haven't wrote and written naughty fanfic in years now. Well, kind of. I, I, you know what? I'm just going to retract that statement and not explain it. <laughs> the episode opens in the sun-baked desert of New Mexico. A young boy from a Navajo reservation. Is it New Mexico? It's in New Mexico. Oh my God. He is taking a nice ri- a ride out on his motocross. I like that he tells them, too. He's like, I'm going out for a ride later. Well, you tell the old Indians where the young Indians are. Well, going. I also <laughs> like it. And this is going to get crazily inconsistent in the next episode. But it's like he says he's going out for a ride. And the man we will learn is Albert Holstein says something. He looks at his dad. and He's like, I don't know what he just said, because apparently he's kind of being like my great grandfather was kind of the same way of being an asshole is that sometimes when the kids were around the younger kids, not my dad, mind you, but like his own children were around. He and his father would not speak English. They would just speak Italian to each other. And then my grandmother would be like, what did, what did they say? And her mom would be like, I don't know. So was most assuredly talking about. Oh, I, I'm, I feel like they were fighting. Yeah. I think feel like they were fighting, but that's, that is a, that is a thing that I will talk about on the Patreon. The many crimes of my my great grandfather. While on his ride uh, up a path, he <laughs> discovers something buried in the red sand. Okay, can we stop here for a moment and talk about why he has a blanket? He probably was going to go hang out and sit on the blanket and jerk off. <laughs> like, like he is clearly alone. He has a blanket, and he's just like, okay. Well, when it, when I when I first saw it, I thought it looked like like the wing of an airplane. But uh, as he gets down closer to it, I uh, know what it is. But I've seen this episode like eighty times. Right. It looks initially like the wing of an airplane, and and uh, sure enough, it's metal because you, they you can hear it sort of clanking under his boots when he walks across it. He starts wiping it away. Later, he returns to his home uh, with something wrapped in the blanket that he had. Laying it down on the ground in front of his father and the older man, who is Albert Hosting, he reveals it to be the long desiccated corpse of something that looks rather alien. Oh, and by the way, should, we should note that this is also Vancouver. Yeah, this this uh, I'm looking at it right now. This is probably besides the tiny little baby alien we saw. This is like one of the coolest props I think I've seen of one of the alien things and we'll get oh yeah okay so you remember how low budget soft light was and it's sort of like everything is filmed kind of as an afterthought with the effects because they had no money this is why they dumped it all into this at this point at this point though they have a they they really the the ratings are up and that show is a big money maker for uh for fox at this point (laughs) it's this and the simpsons in the nfl and the NFL. Da na na da na na. Wait. That's Sports Center. Shut up. How do I know that? I don't watch sports. Damn you. <laughs> the older, the older uh, native uh, Albert Hosting, it looks down at the thing and advises that it should be returned. It says that people will be coming in response to this discovery soon. There will be. Yeah, it's and this is where we get kind of the first hint of 
I'm a white guy who is really interested in the natives. Yeah, Chris Carter has a And I'm being oh, natives. he's got like a massive boner for for the Anasazi, and we will get to it. Did I mention that David Duchovny wrote this with Chris Carter? Yeah, I kind of now explains everything. <laughs> also, angstiness. oh my god, I hate this so much. Like, anyway, I uh, hate every bit of Mulder character development in the series when it comes from David <laughs> Duchovny. And for the opening scene, we have the Indian chanting from Enigma's Return to Innocence. Uh-huh. It's a return to innocence. I also had pure moods in the 90s, too, and I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I was such... I <laughs> I was such a fucking bitch in the 90s. You, uh, flash I had it on cassette. <laughs> flash to Dover, Delaware, where Kenneth Suma, also known as The Thinker, is engaged in some serious hexing. I believe we have talked about The Thinker before. The Thinker has shown up in the X-Files before. There is a reference to The Thinker somewhere before. Can you back that up with some facts, dear? Ah. <sighs> It's pretty cool seeing Kurt Cobain with this uh, actually getting a TV appearance. That was cool. Um, no, because I think this is the thing is I think that he's mentioned as an offhanded thing by one of the lone gunmen. Yeah, it's like, yes, I can back it up with fact. The thinker is the guy who actually helps Frohickey in one breath determine what's going on with Scully's DNA shit when she is returned. The thinker is the one who deciphers the medical record. Mm. Ah. Oh my God. My brain has just now blown. I'm sorry. We're going to get to this. This means something. This is important. <laughs> and then we're just going to put a giant picture of Ayers rock on the feed, right? Uh, somehow this guy is rock doing some serious hacking on a Macintosh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Does anybody, know what oh like what version of that is like i used to have a mac that had that same os it was one of the mini ones so it was like fit yeah. into a cooler type thing it's like seriously yeah. these guys aren't using these guys aren't using dos using dos they're not using linux at this point there was linux in 95 right they just had passwords on their folders that's like that's all i thought they needed <laughs> i seem to remember at one point i did a summer enrichment camp where i broke four computers that ran the exact same operating system you hapless techno and it's like in a span of a week no one ever actually used scroll lock i don't know i'm the plague and i don't even use scroll lock i don't know how to spell linux i'm sorry it's not important there's no way of knowing. Now news. Now he manages to break through, however, on his Mac and begins downloading stuff from the Department of Defense onto a DAT tape. This is, by the way, some of the best hacksering. And while as you told me that tape is still used for backup files, I feel like it's the scene in GoldenEye where the lady walks into the computer store in St. Petersburg and gives the guy this demand. And it's like, and the movie becomes dated and the series now becomes dated. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I never used a dat tape myself. Anyone? No, nope. no, nope, just the 10 inch floppy disks back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I was really Oregon. proud of that. That was amazing to me. Although at that point we had the little smaller ones that could hold up to like a gig. No, not even a gig. My mistake. I'm sorry, everyone. I, I lied. Like, I think it was like 50 megabytes. And to answer your question, uh, Linux was founded in 1991. Hmm. It was first released in September 17th, 1991. 
with by Linus Torvaldsar. Word of the breach reaches far and wide, including to a room that we're going to get intimately familiar with soon. This smoke-filled, uh, dark boardroom that is the home of the syndicate. I, by the way, should I would like to point out, by the way, with all of these guys, you know who's not in that group? The Russian. There well, is no Russian. Who is in this group? Is uh, what are who are in this group? This there is the cigarette smoking man, the fat man, the bearded man, and a gentleman that we're going to get to know very well, the well manicured man, John Neville, ladies and gentlemen, who our listeners may know as Baron Munchausen in Terry Gilliam's film, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the a very highly lauded stage actor of the O'Toole uh, era, right? Yeah. To give you an idea, this guy would have had a bigger career, except Richard Burton hated him because he was too pretty. Oh. <laughs> like he was prettier than Richard Burton, and Richard Burton just basically sabotaged his career. But he was an amazing stage actor, and then moved to Canada. And that when he moved to Canada, people were like, "He's great," and that's how he ha- ended up hanging out with uh, Gilliam, and then did things on stage in Canada. And then Bill Davis was like, come on, dude, it'll be great. The smoking man assures all of his colleagues that he's already on top of this and has sent his top men to handle the breach and the, uh, and the thing. And we do in fact, see, uh, several armed men breaking into thinkers apartment <laughs> at that point. Very brief scene. They start really pop, 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 pop. They start, you know, smashing stuff and pulling things out. Meanwhile, Agent Mulder is in his apartment having a rough night. I like how they preface this scene and they show him, like, uh, getting a glass of water at the sink. <laughs> not invented filters yet. Right, and it's like, the- you never see him get a glass of water before or since. But this is after episode, he's been drinking so much. In, he's like, I got to sober up. In this up. episode, he is so hydrated. he is so well hydrated point that we're going to get to later okay so okay so for those of you who are not following out long at home you remember in signs where abigail breslin (laughs) just is like i need a glass of water i need water we need to go towards and like m night Shyamalan's like i'm going towards the water think of this and Mulder drinking water almost like that in science. It's almost like we are going to wave this plot point in front of your face so hard. Right. But uh, he's visited by the lone gum. Which one is it? Isn't it all three of them? I thought it's it was all three, all three of them. Yeah. Like they show up like, sup, bitch. Which is rare to get them out of their, all three of them out of their apartment. Uh, well, you know, the IRC was down for an upgrade because IRC was fucking shit. They sneak in like they're coming in to smoke a joint. And I also, like, do they, I do they ch- do smokes, they knock or do they just smokes if anyone smokes, right? I, I think Frohickey hits it. I think Byers doesn't. Byers seems way too, too much too square. Yeah, I think Langley and Frohickey probably smoke on occasion. Byers doesn't because we're going to find out that Byers is actually at some point we're going to get to the unusual suspects, which is also, I think, a great Darren Morgan episode. Yes. Is it Darren Morgan? I know it's a good episode. I can't remember if it's Darren Morgan or not. Right, well, we'll figure that out. Uh, it, it's point. unimportant. Nobody, there's no way of knowing. The message is clear. The, yeah. the, the thinker wants to meet with Mulder personally and give him this data tape. 
And uh, while during this meeting, a gunshot goes off and all four men collectively shit their pants. But it And then out- the, the three of them scatter off because they have to go see Snow White and make sure that she's fine as she cleans their apartment their home as the other four dwarves are at the mine and she is singing with her woodland sprites i don't know why that came out <laughs> it turns out that um, uh, <laughs> you have energy tonight i you? really do my chakras are aligned <laughs> i told you but the <laughs> sorry <laughs> the the very uh, firm visual Turns out one of Mulder's elderly neighbors just shot her husband in some kind of a state of hysteria. And apparently they had been married for many years for apparent. So the shooting comes from apparently no reason. Okay. That's bullshit. Cause I, I, we have not been married that long. I mean, we, you and I have been married for 10 years. There are days that I want to kill you. What's impressive I, is how the shot happens. And like, by the time Mulder gets there, there's already cops on the scene. Yeah, when has that ever happened? And <laughs> especially in the world of the X Files, where like cops are really hard to call. Most of the time, it's an unco- it's a, it's a strangely uncooperative or secretive sheriff in a small town, or they're just not there. <laughs> or it's like call the police. Where are they? Not here. Like so. Like I think the cops were literally living in that woman's closet. I wonder if there's an officer McGuffin. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Mulder meets uh, meets uh, the thinker in a park and gets the handoff. The he meets morning. him at the botanical park, which is somehow open at night. Right? Uh, are we sure this guy isn't Mitch Hedberg? Uh, yeah, he might be Mitch Hedberg. He looks a I lot am like the literally looking. No, it is not Mitch Hedberg. Everyone, shut up. <laughs> okay, it's, it's back to Kurt Cobain. He is okay. So the guy who was playing Kenneth Suna, better known as the Thinker. Oh my God! They did actually put John Fitzgerald Byers on here. I'm sorry, I got distracted for a hot minute. Uh, is a name guy named Bernie Colson, who was that guy in that thing that was? I mean, as of uh, I, I fuck you. I don't know if he's done anything other than that. Why won't you load IMDb? Like literally, his IMDb page is him looking like David Koresh. See, you guys are all like Kurt Cobain, and I'm like, he looks like David Koresh. Okay, he does. <laughs> he does. Which is weird. He never played David Koresh. Next morning in the next morning in the FBI basement, ha, I psych. said the thing. He was in Psych, and he was oh. also Bully's hardcore logo and the accused. He was also in one of my favorite episodes of Sliders. Anyway, um, that's a that's a conundrum. Can you explain that one before we go on? Which what, episode my... of Sliders was your favorite? Uh, the one where the British actually won. The revolution and the Oakland Raiders were actually counter for terrorists, and it was great. And the reason I really like it is that they, as they're getting ready to slide, you know, John Reese Davies gives them the Declaration of Independence, which makes me giggle. The chick gives them a, a copy of the Bill of Rights. Rembrandt gives them a copy of the Emancipation Proclamation, and Jerry O'Connell hands them a sheet of paper, and he leaves, and they read that one out loud. Because, you know, all the other characters explain what it is. They open the one from Jerry O'Connell and it's literally James Brown is the godfather of soul. <laughs> it's like, that's my favorite. Like, it's a really weird joke and I love it. Also, the other one that's my favorite is the one with the dinosaurs. But giant m- mosquitoes is my favorite. But yeah. that's really early on before it got shitty. Can we do sliders after we finish the X-Files? <laughs> we have to. Yes. yes. Anyway, 
The next morning in the FBI basement, haha, see what I did there. That's us. Yeah. Uh, Mulder is excited like a kid at Christmas, and he cannot wait to jack this data tape. He full thinks of it's a- data into his work computer. Yeah. That is probably well. It's 1995. They don't have like all the crazy bullshit. It might not be. Ne- I don't know if they. If also, the here's the thing. Here's it. my question. Here, it's 95. I don't know what the FBI is running. That was downloaded on a Mac. That doesn't have cross compatibility with anything that isn't a Mac. Might explain why uh, it came up as garbly goop. Oh, it comes up. It does come up as gargly gook, and Mulder looks like he's about to flip a date a desk. Is this? Am I correct? This is the majestic files, right? This is the majestic twelve file. This is what allegedly is on that data tape, right? We should maybe uh, pause for me to scream angrily about this. Okay, so what the thinker has downloaded is called the majestic files, which is in a reference to something called majestic 12. And if you are a frequent watcher of project blue book on uh, the history channel or uh, ancient aliens or a listener to any of the paranormal podcasts, or once got stuck in traffic with your dad driving to a basketball game, go purple Eagles and was listening to art bell, you will know that this is like, when he says this is the Holy Grail, he means it because this is allegedly all the information about the U.S. involvement with extraterrestrial beings starting from Roswell to the present, at this case, 1995, including and not limited to the Eisenhower Treaty, which is why the aliens can fuck with us. The Eisenhower, yeah, the Eisenhower Treaty is this, allegedly this document that Eisenhower signed with the aliens saying that they can test on human beings hmm. and none of it is real <laughs> I mean this is all bullshit all of it is bullshit none of it is real we need to write this bullshit down somewhere and if you would like to know more about this bullshit <laughs> uh, go to the experiments at face on facebook at www.facebook.com <laughs> forward slash the experiments yes yes but one no, of the th- no, can I come back in for my smoke? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is it's absolute bullshit, and I mean to the point where uh, Jay Hynek, the godfather of alien paranormal research, has said it's bullshit. So, and I I think if he and Keel, John Keel, who did the Mothman, say it's bullshit, then it's bullshit. Well, uh, it looks like gibberish to Mulder's eyes, and he is vitally pissed off about. Like it. he is more pissed off than he needs to be at this point. He is like, you know, <laughs> his favorite sports team lost. His <laughs> girlfriend was cheating on him. He stepped in dog poop and his shoe broke. Like, he reacts like I do on a bad day. And, but yeah. What's funny <laughs> is that the header, it says Department of Defense, and then everything else is like code. <laughs> well, you see. Scully, um, doesn't th- Scully <laughs> takes a close look at it, but doesn't seem to think it's actually gibberish. And she believes that it may be Navajo code. Because Scully apparently, so this is also kind of a notable thing, which she is pointing out is that Scully then talks about the Wind Talkers, which if you want to see a terrible movie with Nicolas Cage, everything, there's a movie about it. It's the Code Talkers. These are the guys that like they, they would recruit Navajo and they would literally do this. This is, and she tells the story. Am I stepping code, on it? Do you want to do this? Only Code never broken by the Nazis. That is true. Also, because uh, they were never in the uh, 
uh, European theater. They were all in the Pacific. But, you know, that's Scully, once again, sort of being a, the military brat she is. I like that she can recognize a language that is never written down. This yeah. is why <laughs> it worked as a code. It's not a written language. It would be like me doing a code in Gaelic because it's not written down. This is how we were able to destroy native culture when we were basically making all of them white. Speaking of the the, the the Navajo language, which it's in code, so even a modern Navajo would have trouble figuring it out. So Scully's going to take a look for this. They <laughs> Scully did then takes it to some poor woman who is in, in charge of what, the Navajo thing in Washington, D.C.? By the way, I'm going to try this. and This is going to be bad, I'm going to try this because they actually changed the, the truth is out there tag to... Basically, the truth is out there in Navajo. I'm going to try to say it. Uh -huh. Oh, my God. That was good. Yeah, all right. I think I did it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, uh, she takes the tape to investigate, and Skinner uh, wants a word with Mulder. Oh, my God. This is so great. <laughs> Starts a bad fight yeah. with Daddy. <laughs> why why is daddy and other daddy fighting skinner uh gets right on Mulder's ass about the uh reception of some sensitive files and Mulder um uh rebukes him and skinner sort of tries to force the issue and then Mulder just straight hauls off <laughs> he's like and cold cock skinner i and i want to point out that i said to you and i'm going to say it again and people can disagree with me this is some of the best acting I have seen Mitch Pelegi do. Motherfucker was in Iran during like the, you know, like during the fall when they, when the students in the Ayatollah took over as an independent contractor, he could fucking kill a dude and probably has, has to take this punch from David Duchovny like a champ and then sells it. <laughs> like he has to take this punch from this like bitch ass punch from a guy from who basically spent his time while well, you know trying it while mitch Pelegi was trying to help extradite the uh, extradite you know hostages in iran who was at fucking harvard telling like my future uh, sister-in-law how great i am of a writer and <laughs> okay probably not <laughs> No, apparently this is something that he used to do at Harvard is that he would tell chicks how great he was as a writer and how he was going to make it as an uh, as an uh, as an author. And he has to take this bitch ass punch. And this is like I have been in so many fights with people who are like half his size who have tried to take my face off with better punches. And kudos to Mitch Pelegi for basically doing a like a bang up job of just selling that punch. So, like, the rest of the FBI the agents are, like, pulling the two apart. <laughs> That's also my favorite part, is that it's like, no, we have to get Mulder off of him. Mulder weighs, like, David Duchovny is probably, like, uh, has, like, uh, like Mitch Pluggy is, like, a third of muscle mass on him. Okay, but, he, but he, they're, they're pulled apart. Turns out that punching your boss is not a good career move, as Mulder may be facing dismissal from the FBI. And <laughs> uh, Spoiler alert. If you do like your job, don't punch your boss. And uh, if she's not very, if she's not cooperative with this, with this, with the investigation as to why Mulder hauled off and punched Skinner in the face. I have no idea what happened there. I, I don't know what happened. 
<laughs> she hasn't been getting enough sleep. That that explains it. Well, it kind of does. Drinking all that water, you know? Cut to Martha's Vineyard, where a uh, cigarette-smoking man is paying a visit to his old friend, Bill Mulder. Is this at which point that we uh, that the CSM reminds Bill Mulder that at one time he and his Blue wife... And alien. And he and his wife and the crazy wife of the CSM, who we will meet in, like, season six, all were at that key party. Mm-hmm. And that's how Mulder was born. Oh, man. Oh, no, not making a joke, kids. You'll learn. You will all learn what I have learned. So the thing is, like the shadow <laughs> government. The shadow government is a bunch of sex perverts, but they're not like better ass. They're swingers. Oh, it, it's so much worse. The yeah, QAnon gets it totally wrong. <laughs> the two of them are meeting, and um, uh, he does inform Mulder that, that he, do, he informs Bill that the tape has been stolen, and suspects that Mulder is in possession of it. <laughs> And make some pretty pointed statements suggesting you ought to just help us get there. Ah. Scully meets with Josephine Doan, a Navajo Nation official. Who, by the way, you guys will know she was uh, in Shapes. She was the, the sister in Shapes. Oh. Yeah, she was Gwen Gooden Snake in Shapes. So I guess now we know where she fled to. And for some reason, Scully doesn't recognize her. No, she's Navajo now. Yeah. As opposed to some kind of Indian in shapes. Well, uh, <laughs> she can only understand a few of the a few of the more contemporary words. Stuff like uh, she recognizes some of the more um, uh, contemporary words. Words like I think virus, the package, merchandise, merchandise. Yeah, right. Oh no, that's that's what his dad says. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. No, it, it's like I feel they like had, she's. They had the merchandise though that she said though, right? Yeah, there's merchandise and virus and, you know, a bunch of other things. And again, I feel like she's reading the lyrics to R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. Somebody got the package. Who got the package? Somebody got that package. uh, She does give them the phone number of a World War II era code talker, who I believe actually is Albert Hosteen. Not played by Adam Beach, which made me very sad because Adam Beach is very pretty. Well, Mulder is called away to see his father. And when Scully arrives to his apartment, oh, wait, he's in his box no, no, again. No, not yet. No, because like, OK, uh, Mulder is about to put out the puts the X on his window to summon his very cranky black friend X. His whom, super best friend who's black, <laughs> who I thought wasn't you know going to be in contact with him after the whole. Who's just like, I'm not thing. talking to you, but this time for reals. Um, <laughs> but he gets the call from his father and says he needs to come right away. Mulder meets with his father, who says he has something very important to tell him right after he takes his pills. But I gotta go take my pills first. You know, as someone who takes many pills, I for one have withdrawn telling Todd many things when I'm like, "Excuse me, I gotta go take my birth control." Um, Scully, meanwhile, is uh, comes back to Mulder's apartment, but he's not back yet. Because it's a fucking drive from DC to Martha's Vineyard, you assholes. Nearly get, takes a bullet through the window pane where the X was taped. Oh shit, we gotta go. Like, I think my favorite part of this scene is the background noise that is going on. Is this where it's like you hear the tires squealing? Like, oh shit. Mulder and uh, Mulder and his dad are having a deep conversation where it looks like his dad is about to confess something. He needs to take some medication. 
So he runs off to the bathroom, and as he closes the mirror from behind him, we see Cry Jack. Alex Cry Jack. I'm the greatest guy in history. Uh, you know what I think? Actually, the deleted scene there is uh, Bill Mulder saying Alex Cry Jack three times into a mirror, and surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, we have not seen Cry Jack since uh, since the uh, since uh, One Breath. He was in Ascension. He was in Ascension. Yeah, he, he was, was at Disney. At uh, he, he had to lay low for a while. So like, I'm going to go to Disney. I wonder if that chick that I've been banging from the UN wants to go. Come on. Let's do it on the small world. It'll be like work. But, um, he's, but he's in the and he's hanging out in Bill Mulder's shower. And he, Bill Mulder catches a sight of him. Like, what up, bitch? Blam. I like, by the way, that Nicholas Lee will now continually leave voice messages, by the way, and sends text messages to David Duchovny like, by the way, I killed your dad. Like, to this day, Nick Lee will still see- leave messages for David Duchovny like, I shot your dad. <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> Thought I'd share. Great. Yeah. So... Um, cry uh, check. Alex this is a very big deal and uh, Mulder hears the shot and runs out and sees the um, greatest uh, assassin in history from the his... town of Tunguska get, get yeah. <laughs> sorry he's uh he sees you know his dad shot in the head Bill manages to say the words forgive me before he passes on Mulder, uh, the consummate <laughs> FBI agent and crime fighter he is, moves Picks the body. father up, puts all of his DNA and fingerprints, gets the GSR <laughs> on it. <laughs> it's every, it moves him to the thing. and, and um, uh, Never mind that somehow Crycheck was able to get out of a tiny window into the streets. <laughs> then you hear the squealing of the car yet again. <sighs> This is going to be a theme, <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> oh. And you know, Krychek was stoked, right? Like, when they were like, you need to go kill a Mulder. Really? I get to kill Mulder? Yes, you get to kill Mulder. Finally, you guys were listening to me. You will not regret this. Yeah, Bill Mulder lives on Martha's Vineyard. Go kill him. What? Mulder it's a Mulder. Is, it uh, counts. Yeah, Mulder, Fine. Calls, Mulder calls Scully to tell him about the murder. And Scully says, you know what? You better get out of there. Okay, so I, I want to point out, instead of calling the cops. Or an ambulance. Or the ambulance. Because clearly, like, he's not lost consciousness before. Like, there, it's like, it, it, his chances of survival are really slim. But they proceed to go down. And so instead of phoning 911 and saying, I am an FBI agent. My father has been shot. We need medical crew and a doctor. He then calls Scully, whose advice is, run away. Run away. Run run away. away. Yeah. Run away if you have to survive. Mulder uh, makes his way back to Scully's apartment and completely falls asleep. (sighs) While she is asleep, Scully takes Mulder's gun to check it for ballistics. Like she tucks him in gently and then takes his gun. Oh, right. This is where he wakes up with the really uncomfortable erection. Yeah, he's completely right. uh, naked. And then he like puts on his old underwear. They're all smelly and crusty. But he's the uncomfortable erection, everybody. <laughs> when, he finds out his, wrong, he, when he finds out his gun is missing, just flips out on Scully. 
over who over. is talking to him on the world's biggest flip phone even by 94 standards that phone is huge Scully goes back to Mulder's apartment to dig the slug out of the wall and run that with the ballistics test as well. What are the chances that all of this was done with the same gun? Uh, You're going to find out (laughs) that not only is this all done with the same gun, the same gun, and I mean literally Mulder's father is shot with the same gun, they shoot into Mulder's apartment with the same gun, he shot with the same gun. Spoiler. Basically, you're going to find out this gun is going to show up literally through all of this it is Chekhov's gun in the most ridiculous fucking way possible while she's there she notices men in an unmarked it's us uh, we're your regular not any sort of conspiratorial (laughs) weird water softener guys don't pay attention to us don't look at us doop 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 yeah, it tur- turns out that do you think it's something's the same- in the water at the, at the at Mulder's apartment. Do you think it's like Krychek and the other guy, uh, who we will find out is Luis Cardinal? We don't know that yet. We won't know that until later this season. Do you think it's like Krychek and him just running around doing shit this entire fucking time? Well, when Mulder comes home, he does see Krychek creeping around his back stair like Gordon Lightfoot. Sundown. Oh man, I need to add that to a playlist. He's he's creeping up. He's trying to creep up all stealth like, but Mulder manages <laughs> to get the drop on him and proceeds to beat the shit out of him. Crycheck, you rat bastard! Did you kill my father? Did you kill my father? <laughs> Which is why Nick Lee still sends text messages to this day to David Duchovny, like, "Yeah, I killed your father." What you gonna do about it? So also, uh, Mulder is rapidly punch is is just. Punching Krychek in the face. Okay, okay. So Nick Lee is selling this like he is Dolph fucking Ziggler because to the point where he will actually get whiplash <laughs> from this scene. Like they do this take so many times. Two things: one, uh, the stunt people are not there. The scene choreographer who did that amazing scene earlier where Mulder just starts punching, you know, Skinner, is not there because they are stuck in traffic. Nicholas Lee and the company look at each other like, yeah, we can just fucking do it for reals. We'll just do what we need to. And they do that take so many times that literally Nick Lee gets whiplash the next day because he jerks his head back so hard repeatedly from getting punched by Mulder in the face that he gets whiplash so hard. These episodes nearly kill Nicholas Lee. Mulder, is ga- grabs, Mulder grabs Krychek's gun and is about to just put one in his face. Uh, because through this whole episode, he's been like, you know, just on the edge this whole time. Scully fu- uh, comes back and tries to stop him. Mulder seems very insistent on shooting Krychek in the face. Scully shoots him in the shoulder. And Krychek's like, I'm out later days. Krychek just pieces uh, like, well, right out. Like, what the fuck? Like, she actually had to, sh- like, here's one thing you don't do. You don't shoot somebody with a fucking gun, regardless of your situation like that. He could have died from that. It's his shoulder. But yeah, he could have bled out. Like, who knows? She could have missed and got him in the the throat. She's a doctor, apparently, and a fucking ninja and all the other things. Well, that didn't happen. Apparently, they don't carry hollow points in their goddamn nine millimeters, which is a damn shame. The 90s. Shut up. (laughs) Wakes up. uh, Mulder wakes up several days later in New Mexico. <laughs> I want there to are know, so many problems. 
How here. did Scully get an unconscious, bleeding bullet okay, holder so here's onto the thing. a we, plane to New Mexico? We all know the uh, the answer to this. How does Scully move around a lifeless corpse to any location? I think she's figured it out. I think she's got her own secret. She had taken the Bernie shit. <laughs> How many tickets do you need? Please. Is he going to be okay? He's fine. I missed. Maybe intentionally. What? What? <laughs> Turns out the bullet went through clean, and Mulder says, that, and, and Scully informs Mulder that they've apparently been pumping drugs into his into his uh, apartment building, possibly amphetamines or LSD. I'm going to turn this one over to the drug to the drug experts here. What what kind of drugs would put Mulder on edge like that? Yeah, well, if you were microdosing him with LSD and slowly pumping it up, here's what. The thing is, like, he didn't know he was tripping, so that's exactly what that must have meant, is they were slowly acclimating him till he, so he was just exude, exuding these paranoia uh, tendencies, but not actually hallucinating. Can we just somehow have sitar music every time you turn it over to the drug people? <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like, it, so it's like, the, so microdosing would... Yeah, if you, were, if you were microdosing enough to, like, make you know the the feelings of paranoia but not actually a visual hallucination that's totally possible i like the fact that it, this clearly affected other people in Mulder's apartment building too you remember the oh murder. yeah didn't yeah. even think of that he does targeting him specifically by that one jug but yeah that old lady like shot that dude but we don't know how long that they've been doing this i thing. propose he has been on drugs the entire time they just keep changing it up they're like oh he's tolerant to this we got to get a harder stronger one Okay, what will this do? I feel like they have a Krieger. Like somewhere the syndicate has their own Krieger clone. No, it was the guy that was working it was the guy that was working on um uh, on Dr. Banton and Softlight, right? Yeah. I feel like there is a like I feel like they they literally have their own Krieger clone and it's like, "Hey Krieger, <laughs> we need to make sure that this FBI agent, this one FBI agent ends up like Bill Cooper. What do you got for us?" Have you tried lysergic acid diethylamide? Yeah, we need something stronger. Okay, super acid it is. <laughs> like, I really feel like that's what's going... Like, I would love to do just, like, a series of the day in the life of the conspiracy. I want to do a deep state, like, uh, comedy show. I want to do it as a sitcom. I really do. Well, somehow they get... Mul <laughs> she drags Mulder's half dead ass all the way to New Mexico. I feel like manages to dress his bullet wound <laughs> and, and dress him too. Like she puts more clues on him <laughs> and uh, manages to hook up with the Navajo code talker, Albert. And um, uh, he's pretty chill. Like he's pretty. Oh, you've got a half. Uh, oh, you have a half unconscious guy in your room. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's only half unconscious. <laughs> he's been, he's been, um, uh, He's been uh, working on translating the MJ files and, on that digital tape, and they reveal that he refers to both her and Dwayne Barry, as well as some kind of sort of test and quote-unquote merchandise. What? But there's more for Mulder to see. Apparently, at this point, apparently, Mul uh, Scully is missing a disciplinary he hearing Mulder punching Skinner in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably going to catch some flack for that. I should also point out that the Navajo gentleman here um, is not actually Navajo, but uh, is Floyd Redcoat Westerman, who is in such things as 
Dances with Wolves. He was also the Indian from Oliver Stone's The Doors. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I didn't actually think that was real, but yeah, he was the Indian in uh, The Cupboard? The doors. Yeah, in The oh. Doors. And The Doors, thank you very much. He was the shaman in The Doors. He's also very much dead. He died in 2017. Now I'm sad. No, Albert's grandson wants to take him up to uh, wants to take Mulder up to the um uh, up to the object he found buried in the desert, beginning of the episode, which must have been a fun ride uh, up a mountain with a, up a mountain on a motorcycle with a with this with kid a, with a kid at the wheel and Mulder wheel. Uh, and, <laughs> groping and him a from useless behind. arm. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a question. Did Mulder ride bitch up? Uh, the, did he get up rid this? of that boner first? This is really uncomfortable, Mr. <laughs> FBI man. But, like, and nothing. Please, please. They don't. go up. They, they, as they get to the uh, to the buried object, uh, it's revealed what is under there is actually a box car, a refrigeration cart. Uh, eventually, they find a hatch that Mulder jumps down inside. Somehow, manages to get a cell signal to call Skull. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's hard so, to get a cell signal on the inside of just a refrigeration unit, let alone buried underneath a desert floor where there's no cell signal. But yeah. In 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't have cell phone service in the parking lot of my <laughs> building and I have 4G. How the fuck is he calling Scully? Well, he manages to get through to Scully for a while and um, uh, apparently what he's finding under there is a whole pile of those alien-like corpses. Yeah, those that was fucking... This is where my notes pretty much stopped because I'm so enamored by the storytelling that's happening. I'm like, it's all okay. leading to this, and I'm just, like, staring at it. It's like, yes. Marissa, yes, what you, pile what, of alien corpses. Marissa, what are you thinking of these corpses here? I was very much convinced by them the first time around. I'm still... I, I'm, I still appreciate them. They're supposed to be alien corpses, I think. One of the best things in the show. The first one before was really iconic. They they reuse it. Oh God, yeah, it's like the the one that they pull out. Oh, the one that you know, Albert's grandson brings. It, it's like I think I saw it on like five different X Files things through like from this point forward. I think I've even seen it on the cover of some really shitty uh, novels on Amazon about the truth about aliens. Dude, that's from yeah. the X Files. Go away. While Mulder is uh, under is under there, he initially thinks what he's seeing is aliens. What? But then he oh finds, no, this gets way more fucked up. Uh, smallpox vaccination scars, which suggests that they were actually mutated humans, perhaps. Oh yeah, this is gonna get way more fucked up, everybody. But uh, that's when the hatch closes and Mulder loses. When Scully loses Mulder's phone. Okay, that's when she loses the signal. Yeah, say, that it, it completed the <laughs> Faraday cage and it just completely shut it off. Just nope. Before that, he was downloading Netflix titles and everything for his trip back on the on the back of the kid's bike, and then just nope. <laughs> How is he now going to listen to his podcasts? How will he listen to George Nori now? This is where we're seeing uh, the smoking man. He's actually smoking. Which is interesting because right. he wasn't smoking earlier on. No, he must have been like using the gum or the patch or something. Well, the smoking man is rolling in in a helicopter. In a black hawk. Like, I've got a big cock, yo. <laughs> I am the whitest person on the in planet. With a helicopter and he's uh, and demanding to know where Mulder is. And like, boy, angrily. Like, the boy oh. doesn't, the boy gives up nothing. And the a couple of the uh, his uh, troops go down into the refrigeration unit. They don't find Mulder down there. So they 
toss down an incendiary device. Because they're like, why not? Burn let's it. Bl- let's blow shit Burn up to everybody. Pull the boy into the helicopter and take off and leaving that smoldering hole in the desert, which we can only assume is burning bright uh, with y- using Mulder as fuel. How? He doesn't drink smoldering molders on Six Sad World. Fox Smolder. Mm. <laughs> These are like more dirt. I don't know. I was going to make a s'more joke, but I can't. To be continued. Da-na-na. Wow. Donna. <laughs> no, no, these are these are some no, this is this is intense. Um you know, a cliffhanger, you know, a good cliffhanger should leave you should leave you really wanting. This one's like, yo, we may have just killed off one of our, our male lead. Just try to cancel us, Fox. <laughs> they weren't going to. They were really not going to. They were really yeah, not they're, going to. They're yeah. saving it for this Firefly. <laughs> oh, but they were getting it. But the, uh, this is uh, this was a huge episode. There was a lot going on here. Oh no! <laughs> these are this the is return of Alex Krychek. The, the 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 uncovering of the data tape. The fights, um, daddy. Oh conne- yes, yeah, spooky daddy, and <laughs> a connection between Mulder's father and the cigarette smoking man, which is a huge deal now. I think that this is also when we realized that that Mulder's dad worked for the State Department. Yeah, this is where we find out that he may have worked statement department, but the implication is that he did not. He was just really good golf buddies. The implication here is that he didn't actually work for the state department. Really? Right. Yeah, it's he he was a part of the the consortium or the syndicate or um whatever you want to call it. More of that is going to come to light in the coming episodes. I but this is like, you know, like I said, this is when the show is going to start firing on all cylinders. Myth arc is going to get deep and incredibly interesting. Like I didn't want, like I haven't been watching any episodes with like, you know, a phone or a computer in front of me right now. One, because it's hard for me to because I can't drag my desktop to my watching, to my watching stuff chair. Also he, yeah, he can't jangle shine. It's, it's really hard for him, but I got to, but I got, I was absolutely glued to the screen through this whole thing. Yeah, it was very hard to make notes. I was enamored. I was like, why why is it not like this the whole time? (laughs) Because it won't be. And this is a good, good episode. And and it's the start of a really good story arc. I really liked how we got a lot more on screen time of like a shot of what we're looking at is like an alien. Like it's totally a gray. What we're looking at is some form of a gray. And then the fact like they did testing on it just goes to verify that those files that Mulder has are something that might be the truth. It's very intriguing. Very well written oh, that, episode. That data tape is going to figure big time in future episodes. Huh. So uh, apparently I did not know that Floyd uh, Red Crow Westerman, who is Albert Holstein, um, was one of the guys who in the 70s uh, was talking to Marlon Brando about Indian rights. Uh, he's a he was formerly a Sioux, and yeah, he he did a lot of crazy important shit before he was before I make fun of him for being magical in the next couple of episodes. Marissa, you want to sound off on this one? This is one of my all time favorite episodes. I, I even have it on tape still somewhere. So I instantly hate it. I <laughs> no, <laughs> the whole, it, it's the whole drugging him, the the whole the whole gaslighting him, the whole figuring out. Like a little deeper that he might be connected to everything directly. 
aside from Samantha. Well, and it's, I don't think we're going to get into the super deep conspiracy of all of this. And there is a fucking crazy ass conspiracy before it just literally goes off the rails, crashes, and then burns, and then crashes into the train that Doc Brown is uh, using as a time machine in Back to the Future 3, and then everything is on fire, and then I cry. But it's like, this is a really good episode, and this is really going to tell you where it can go. Yeah, Carter and Duchovny wrote it, but then you also have Frank Spotnitz, who is an amazing he's really good all overall as a showrunner as script editor so on and so forth who has you know done man of the high castle which is like by far one of my favorite shows right now and you get into it and this is basically you're right now where we are at the end of season two is when it's going to get really good like from here to about season six from here to when we do fight the future is really good stuff all right before we give our final scores on this episode we're going to disseminate the important information for you basement dwellers so you can help us find the truth by finding our other projects and checking them out maybe floating some cash our way please we are part of the medicinal mass network which valentine strand is the owner and operator of and uh, he's going to tell you a little bit about it. Yeah, go on to www.medicinalmass.com. We got plenty of free um, podcasts and uh, got some some cool stuff for the Patreon. So definitely check that out. And of course, the lovely Shannon, also known as Huff, is an author in her right, the writer of the Department of the Arcane series and coming soon, Lazarus and it's a little something called the experiment. Yeah, no, no, we don't talk about Lazarus. Ain't nobody talking about Lazarus. But where can they find your books? Uh, normally, they can find it at schuff.writes.com, but I'm having some issues right now with that website. So uh, they can also find links to the Amazon pages for these, the three that are out uh, on uh, the Medicinal Mass Network and at uh, and probably in the show notes, or they can go find me on the Facebooks. Instagrams, the Twitters, as S.E. Huff writes. And uh, they could probably find me at a convention somewhere. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want me to tell you which ones? Because I, uh, well, I don't really don't know. know when this is going to air, so I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, we did some conventions in October. <laughs> the next one I know I'm doing is in, in February. So come listen to me jibber-jabber at Mysticon. Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia. We already got the hotel room. This is also... We are also joined today by our resident artist and maker of visual things and sometimes musical things and occasionally am... Uh, and my very things. best friend. It's Marissa. Tell them about the Oddite Delight. Well, you can find me linked through the uh, podcast information on every episode. I probably best at graphic art. I'll, I'm taking jobs. It's extremely cheap, like competitive prices. I'm also working on a hat made entirely of cheese. Yeah, that's, that's what I got. Cheese hat. Cheese hat. If you want a cheese hat, don't don't wait too long. They don't, I don't have the fridge room. They don't keep very well. Uh, where where then sometimes you you run uh and inflict your musical taste of others to <laughs> Don't tell anybody about that. I'm okay. not giving anybody any kind of direct information as to where to find me when I DJ on the internet likely Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we should not talk about okay, that. Yeah, it's that out of that's, <laughs> bleep that the word is, if you love me. 
<laughs> Marissa will be DJing as we go down to the farmer's market every odd Saturday. <laughs> Shouldn't be doing that at the Ag Hall. Ag- agricultural Hall is for agricultural. She DJs agricultural music. Okay, time to give our final <laughs> scores for Anasazi. I give this one four out of five smallpox scars. Oh. Uh, I'm going to give this a, uh, my highest score of four mysterious ninja assassins. Marissa? Um, three out of three lone gunmen quickly sneaking into Mulder's apartment. Did they have keys? Did they have a key? Outside because the cops were apparently already there. <laughs> did, did they, do they have keys to Mulder's apartment? They must. Like, I don't remember them knocking. I do remember them knocking, but he not opening the door for them. Like, they didn't, like, just sneak in. It's just the way that they were looking around when they entered the room. Like, oh, my God. It's it's either that or Frohickey just had the filthiest porn that he wants to share with Mulder. And, uh, Valentine. <laughs> I'll give this one... Um, a very large stack of corpses that are somewhat human, somewhat alien, maybe. I'd say maybe four out of five feet stack tall. Oh, it's a big stack. <laughs> Good approximation. <laughs> Add it with a little cheese, put it between two fries, slather some Russian sauce. Cheese you had a good hat. sandwich there. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa's cheese hat. That's about it for the FBI basement this episode, folks. But uh, be sure to tune in next time. Join us for the thrilling conclusion. The continuation. What? There's two. What? There are. Oh, that's right. This is there not a two-parter. This is a three-parter. <laughs> join us next time. Uh, join us next time for the FBI basement. We come to you. We come to you via the Medicinal Mass Podcast Network, and we're really just a family. For Marissa Shannon saying good night, and the truth is out there. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. And I'm going to do I don't watch sports. Damn you. I'm going to kick us off here. What's up, everybody? Hold on. Sorry. Okay. Super acid it is.